Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. to America's Hero Group. This time, our Roundtable Community Outreach. Today is Saturday, December 17th, 2022. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Cleveland, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And remember, December's AIDS Awareness and National Human Rights Month. And we have our panelists on the line. Back again, Dr. Terrell Odom. He's director of for the Office for Military Affiliated Communities, OMAC at the University of Chicago, and the chairman of the Mayor's Advisory Council on Veterans Affairs. We're going to talk about the University of Chicago's Office of Military Affiliated Communities, Mission, Purpose, and Services, and many good things they're doing at the UFC here in Chicago, my backyard. How you doing, doctor? Good, good evening, gents. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on again. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. So what do you have for us? Tell us about some of the things you guys are doing. I, I looked at a lot of interesting stuff, but I was really, really, really impressed but we're in, I mean, these were Chicago, we know. It's the house of Rockefeller built. This is a an, uh, very impressive university. It's got a lot of accolades. have done a lot of things that have changed the world and human development and also science and research and politics. It's number two in the country, however, as one of the best universities for veterans by U.S. News & World Report. On top of that, Chicago Booth & School of Business ranked number one for business. Crown Family School ranked number two for social work. The Harris School of Public Policy ranked number three for public policy analysis, and the university's law school ranked number three for law. That is highly impressive with all the great colleges we have here in Chicago. University of Chicago is one of the many gems we have here in this area. Um, tell us about how all of this plays into OMAC, because um, a lot of these different accolades really center around the fields and areas of study that you guys are focused on. I'm talking about social policy, law, we're talking about veterans. We're talking about business, even social work. All these things tie together in your mission. It seems like. Yeah, it absolutely does. And again, thanks again for uh, you know mentioning all those great accolades as well as rankings for all of our units across the university. Uh, I'm from Chicago, so again, as you know, uh, University of Chicago is that um, flagship, if you will, uh, Ivy Plus institution that provides world class research and scholarship to many individuals, not just to uh, the military-affiliated population, uh, but bringing in a diverse group of service members and veterans uh, and their families to the university, uh, I believe, has helped to broaden our horizons. Uh, I know we've spoken in detail about our Veterans Restorative Justice Project uh, and you know, mentioning those particular units, uh, the Chicago Bull School, the Chicago Law School, the Crown Family School of Social Work Policy and Practice, uh, our social sciences. Um, we've taken that interdisciplinary approach and utilizing our military affiliated students who are pursuing graduate and professional degrees uh, and give, giving them an opportunity to put their learning uh, to work as students, working to help to reintegrate our uh, veterans who unfortunately are involved in the criminal justice system, including the courts as well as the jail system. Uh, we have several other big projects that are currently brewing, uh, one being our Skill Bridge program. Uh, for those that are not aware, 
the Department of Defense allows for service members to transition out of military service up to six months early uh, of the military, uh, still receiving their pay from their respective branch or from the DOD, uh, and allowing them to get a jump start or an early start on transitioning into the next phase of their careers and their lives. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, as uh, you guys know, tra- making that transition as well, that can be a really, really tough time for a lot of individuals, and I'll say even more so for individuals who have families. When you're coming back to your home state, uh, trying to find employment, trying to find housing, uh, trying to find some type of stability, uh, resource network, etc., um, it can become tough. It can become frustrating to a lot of individuals. So with our SkillBridge program, what we do is we allow these active duty persons to transition, again, early, up to six months, um, into um, employment opportunities, be, whether they be at the university as well as opportunities that fall outside of the university. Uh, we have tons of networking opportunities for them to be able to build that community of resources of what they're going to need to be successful. They can tap into our military-affiliated student groups and learn from their peers about their transition, as well as uh, avenues for higher education. We have a family readiness program, which is equivalent to uh, most of the branches family readiness group, uh, which is a group of uh, military spouses and families that help with that transition for those individuals. Uh, And we also allow for them to get an early start again on higher education. Uh, With the creation of the new post 9-11 GI Bill uh, at 2008, uh, created in 2008 and after 2009, uh, the research is saying that close to 65% of individuals leaving military service are also looking to go into higher education. Uh, of course, now with the GI Bill having a housing component, uh, as well as a tuition component that's paid directly to uh, the institution, many veterans and service members, right, take that as an opportunity or see that as an opportunity to get a uh, ahead on their educational goals as well, while they also choose to pursue educational programs. Uh, I'll brag on uh, our booth school, um, our law school, uh, policy school. Well, forgive me, I'll leave out the law at this point, but uh, many of our grad units have also incorporated um, evening programs for the working professionals. Uh, again, this is not just for the military affiliated population, but for the adult population. Uh, many individuals who still do have to work to be able to provide for their families. So this community here at UChicago, including OMAC, OMAC serves as the central hub for all the resources, programming, and support for the entire military affiliate community. It's just not simply a student aspect, but also the staff and faculty. So we take those three different subgroups, if you will, um, of individuals, and we bring them together. So those shared experiences make a better experience for those individuals who are transitioning out of service. I think that's really a really uh, important part of what you guys are doing at OMAC because you're tying in, it's not just about the individual veteran, but it's their families, and then also not just the veteran community, but how the veteran community impacts a broader community through the, the knowledge and experience that they've gotten through the military, but then to advance that and apply that to improve and strengthen communities around the country. I think that's that's really, at the end of the day, that is the, it seems like the result of all the work you guys are coming together. How does a service member get into the program? 
For, for the SkillBridge program, uh, we do have the website. Again, you can go to veterans.uchicago.edu, uh, but our SkillBridge program is listed on the website. Uh, they must gain uh, approval from their individual command uh, of whether or not they can participate in a SkillBridge program, but it's fairly simple. Uh, you'll go to our website, um, veterans.uchicago.edu, look for the SkillBridge uh, tab across the top, a person submits some information to us, which is what we call our applicant inquiry form. But in the ap applicant inquiry form, we would like to have, of course, a copy of your resume, uh, a statement of service, which is basically uh, something on letterhead from your respective branch that lets us know that you are, in fact, in the military, uh, you know, how long you've been in, uh, and when you're expected to get out, because they don't have that, that, that golden paper, that DD-214 yet. Uh, we would also like a writing sample uh, and a copy of your Mill Gears report, uh, which is a much more ex expansive view of your military experience outside of the Joint Service Transcripts and even the Air Force's CCAF. Uh, but let me be clear that our SkillBridge program, uh, and I I'll have to use um, Major Prosser, Eric Prosser, who's one of my current interns, he's a pilot uh, in the Air Force. Um, we're not a competitive SkillBridge program. It's whether or not we have opportunities for you here at the university. So it's not I'm competing against 20 other individuals for this one particular spot. Um, we have several places across the university, the medical center, our lab affiliates being Fermi and Argonne, uh, respectively, where we find these opportunities and match them up to what your career goals are. Um, I'll use, again, Major Prosser, who's currently in my uh, SkillBridge program. He and I were just actually at the university today uh, giving away gifts and toys with tutoring Chicago for children in the Chicagoland area. Hmm. But Eric's goal is to uh, get his graduate degree in business as well as learn better, better how to support other transitioning service members that will be coming in the future. So naturally, Eric matched into my office. Uh, we have other individuals who may not have college degrees but looking to get into the tech field we're looking to get into healthcare, whatever the case may be. Um, we had two Army medics who recently completed our skill bridge program at the university uh, through our medical center, uh, working in our cancer center and trauma center, respectively. Um, they completed their undergrad degrees while in military service, but they were lacking uh, that research experience on their applications to become stronger candidates for medical school. Uh, since completing our skill bridge program, they both are now full-time employees with the University of Chicago Medical Center. Um, one, Corporal Choi, will actually be uh, attending medical school for 23, uh, and Sergeant Yu will be applying to attend in 2024. So again, it's how can we help you, uh, again, if, uh, which University of Chicago, as you know, is pretty, pretty big. We have several units, and I'm happy that more and more units across the university, uh, the medical center have reached out and are willing to participate. We got people in human resources, procurement, facility services, the medical center, the office of the provost, uh, just everywhere. So I'm happy to see the support that's coming from the university uh, to better support our military families uh, and the service members. Now, SkillBridge, is that something that's unique to Chicago or University of Chicago? Is that something that's there? Are there are similar programs across the country. Oh, no, this is a DOD program. The DOD has, oh, my God, hundreds, uh, maybe even thousands now. Uh, but the SkillBridge program. Uh, was was uh, created around 2017. Um, the last time I was on your show, I told you about the UMAP program, which I know you guys are familiar with. 
the Utility Military Assistance Program, which uh, working with Rick Passarelli, Liz Belcaster, and several other individuals was created here in uh, 2012. I also helped with that particular project. Uh, and out of 1,200 total gas utility workers in the city of Chicago, uh, through People's Gas, uh, close to 800 of them are veterans, reservists, and guard members. Um, back then, you know, 2012, uh, you simply had to be a Department of Labor approved program. Uh, and that program, as well as the TMAP, which is a transition, uh, I'm sorry, uh, transportation military assistance program, those were the flagships of what introduced SkillBridge, which again gave uh, employers more opportunities to get earlier access to transitioning service members. And how can you find out information about all these different programs? So say someone lives, maybe doesn't want to travel to Chicago or they may be a better fit in a different program in another part of the country. Is there a centralized place where they can find all this information? Absolutely. They can go to Google and just type in DOD, Delta Oscar Delta SkillBridge, uh, and you'll find the Department of Defense's SkillBridge uh, site, which will take them to every single SkillBridge provider throughout the country, uh, and they can search or sort by state. Uh, they'll be able to see those types of opportunities that are out there. I'll just throw some out. John Deere, Amazon, um, uh, Lowe's, Home Depot, pretty much many people have them, just again, based on what that person's goals are going to be when they leave military service. Some of us have to go directly into employment to be able to provide for our families. Some do not. Some have the option, again, to go directly into higher education, et cetera. Ours is unique because it covers all three. It covers the transition piece for a person who may be retiring, learning to jump, uh, to jump into a new career. Uh, it covers the piece of those jumping directly into employment uh, that could still be in the same field of what they did in the military and also allows that gateway for those who are looking to enter higher education. And the thing I, I caught that I liked a lot was the fact that you have officers and enlisted soldiers, enlisted uh, members as well inside the program, because oftentimes you don't see that in different programs. You see, like, the, the, the officers in a different place and enlisted um, personnel usually find themselves in, which is, but you have, to, you have the, that culmination both tied together in these different programs and taking advantage of these different opportunities. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I was enlisted. I was actually a Navy corpsman. Uh, spending most of my time with the uh, United States Marine Corps. Uh, and this opportunity, you're, you're correct, John, is not specifically for officers. It's not specifically for the enlisted population. Uh, every service member has the right to participate in the program, again, granted upon your command's approval, mission readiness, et cetera. Um, with our enlisted population that are typically coming, uh, and you can view, I'll give you an example, Joe Quinn, uh, Staff Sergeant Quinn, uh, well, forgive me, now Joe Quinn, he's a veteran now, uh, was an enlisted Marine. Uh, Joe uh, told me in our initial conversation that his dream has been to get a Ph.D. in economics from the University of Chicago. Wow. Uh, and, and as a corpsman, you know, who served with the Marine Corps, you know, there's always some humor in that because that's what we do between the corpsman and the Marines. Hmm. Um, and I said, okay, Joe, are you serious about this? He said, yeah. So we placed Joe with the Center for Economics on Human Development um, at the University of Chicago for his six-month internship under Professor Heckman, who is a Noblerette. Um, he did so well in this particular program, in the internship, I should say, uh, doing research uh, on economics, that he finished August 12th, I believe, which was a Friday. August 13th, uh, he had full-time employment with the University of Chicago as a research assistant, still working at SED or the Center for Economics or Human Development. 
but also during his internship, he took graduate courses through the University of Chicago. Uh, and Joe is now a full-time student in our graduate program at the Harris School for Public Policy, uh, completing his master's in public policy. And I'm gonna speak it into existence when he is successful in completing that particular program, Joe will move on to his PhD in economics. Go Joe. That is awesome. I appreciate that. That is awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, I'll, um, I, I believe I can uh, share this, I think, with Glenda, uh, but it's on our SkillBridge site. Uh, I'll text it to Glenda. She can share it with you. You can read Joe's story, um, and, and I'll use another one as an example. In some cases where commands may not uh, be um, willing to allow service members. Uh, this is one of the, the more unfortunate pieces, uh, but we have a... Um, well, now um, he's not a first lieutenant anymore, I should say, uh, but Jacob Morris uh, and his wife, Jessica. Uh, Jake was in the Army, uh, and I believe he's given me permission to share this, but uh, he sustained some injuries where he could no longer serve in the military. So he was in the process of getting out, um, and his command told him that he could not participate in Skillbridge. No valid reason. Um, you know, several after several conversations and email exchanges with his command, they allowed him to participate. Uh, so Jacob moved here to Chicago. Actually, he's in Bolingbrook. Uh, he and his wife, Jessica, uh, they closed on their first home ever. Uh, they have a young son, uh, Daniel, who is, is about a little bit younger than my grandson. Uh, so I want to say maybe 12 or 13 months. Um, closed on their first home. Uh, his wife was here with the baby. And then his command said, well, hey, you can't participate anymore. Uh, which made no sense. Uh, after he had, you know, gotten rid of his apartment uh, back at his base, uh, closed on the home here. So we, you know, um, shifted to allow Jacob to do his internship remotely. Um, he had to go back to his command, or at least to the state where his command uh, was. Um, and was, the unfortunate the piece of... You said, or is this he's a regular army, or what was his situation? He, he was regular army. Regular he was regular army. army. Uh, but again, went back to no apartment because he had moved all of his furniture and everything here. Uh, but long story short, he and his wife both now are full-time employees at the University of Chicago. Her taking on her first uh, employment piece since, uh, you know, he chose to serve. Uh, they closed on their first home. And Jacob is also now participating in our graduate courses here at the University of Chicago. Wow. What would make a command uh prohibit or get in the way of someone getting this kind of program especially if you've done if you pretty much have done all your tours you you know you're either getting ready to transition out your last six months you're winding things down you've all been there in the last six months it's almost like the it's like you're it's like you're the last six months of high school <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. you're kind of winding down for the most part you're not really worried about a whole lot of different stuff as you were when you were like in your first year or whatever you're pretty, you're done so what would why, why would a command try to prohibit somebody from get into something like this, which is so helpful, not just to the individual, but to the people, the family, and the community around that individual. Because you're literally planting seeds in the community, not just the veteran community, but the civilian community, the community at large that these people are going to go back to. And hearing a story like the one you shared with Joe, hearing the story you're, you're talking about now, that is something that can really help improve the lives of many, many people and also make this country a stronger place. Well, I want I want to um, try to say that I can understand everybody else's thought process, uh, but I can I can safely say that one it's a lack of awareness 
uh, of commands fully reading and understanding the instruction. There are no parameters, you know, that states a person uh, needs to have done 20 years and or finished their first, uh, you know, gotten past their first uh, initial contract, right? Um, mission readiness, I will say, is, is typically a big part of it. Uh, and I know that senior officers and senior enlisted in many cases at commands are graded upon their retention. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately at the moment, uh, I don't believe many of our uh, service branches have met their recruitment goals. And I think that also plays a big role into it, which is unfortunate. Uh, but unless a person is just, uh, you know, uh, not morally, ethically, and legally uh, able to participate, there should be no um, restrictions on them being able to participate in any skill bridge program, as well as them being able to get that uh, head start on their their next uh, career in their lives with their families. Uh, again, the, 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 yeah, heads up to the cadre and also the military leaders across the country, the, the generals and people that are making these policies, or they don't make the policies per se, but the people that are actually making these decisions based on the policies they're trying to interpret. The thing of it is, this is your biggest recruitment tool, one of the biggest recruitment tools that you could actually ever dream of because of the fact when you have people coming out of the military that have success, the success mm -hmm. is what breeds the recruitment. The reason why you're, we're, we're seeing recruitment being so challenging and more and more challenging over the, as the decades go on, and I can go into the endless wars, you know, 20 year wars in Afghanistan, what happened in Iraq and so on, and then Vietnam, we're not going through all that, but that's, that's a whole other story. But when you have people that come through the military that have successful stories, that are mm -hmm. able to do things and produce things and become leaders in the community, they then become examples to other people and say, hey, I want that. You're absolutely right. You know, I share that same sentiment with the Army Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major Grinston, when he was here uh, two years ago with the city for our Memorial Day program. Um, you know, the way I explained it is that many cases, all the branches are letting out uh, negative billboards. And he said, well, what do you mean, Terrell? I said, well, think about some individuals who leave their commands uh, on bad, bad notes, right? I said, when they have a conversation with their neighbor or someone else who says, hey, I know, you know, Joe served in the military. Let's go talk to him about it, you know, to their 18-year-old uh, child, nephew, et cetera. I said, what do you think that conversation is going to be like hmm. uh, when he or she talks to the 18-year-old? That's a perfect point to end on because what is that conversation going to be like when they don't see what is the military's best foot forward? Dr. Terrell mm -hmm. Odom, director of OMAC at the University of Chicago and the chairman of the Marriage Advisory Council on Veterans Affairs, thanks for your time. Thank you so much, sir. You guys have a blessed evening and happy holidays to everyone. You too. America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. All right. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.